Welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Rice. This is the show that's all about taking your health, your body, and your life to the next level. Today is going to be an informative show because we're going to be talking about superfoods and how maybe kale has a lot more in common with Kim Kardashian than you might think. And we're going to go into some foods that have more nutrition than kale in spite of kale's massive popularity. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you that if you are looking to build more muscle, I am going to have a special flash sale on my muscle building course and my muscle building workout, both of which I have made some adjustments to. So we're about to roll out the new muscle building course and muscle building workout. That is going to be going live next Monday. So a week from today. So if you're looking to build more muscle, check it out at legendarylightpodcast.com slash store. You will see the muscle building course and workout there. So on to kale, 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 kale. Seems like kale has become quite the celebrity these days. And yes, it really does have plenty of benefits, including high levels of folate and more calcium gram per gram than a cup of milk. However, we're going to take a closer look at kale's celebrity nutrition status to see if it really deserves it, because I mean, it is popular. Take Joe Rogan and his kale shake recipe, for example. If you go on to Twitter, you'll see that Joe Rogan's followers have retweeted his recipe over 500 times, and it sounds pretty disgusting. It's four large kale leaves, four stalks of celery, one cucumber, one pager-sized hunk of ginger. I like that old school reference. Four cloves of garlic and pineapple. And I got to tell you, even superstars like Beyonce are repping kale. She's got this picture of her wearing this Yale sweater, except the Y is a K, so it says kale. And if you look at the kale hashtag on Instagram, it has over 2 million posts. But you have to ask yourself, does kale really deserve all its fame as a superfood vegetable, or is it more like Kim Kardashian, who's famous for simply being famous? To help answer this question, I'm going to talk a little bit about a food list that the Center for Disease Control put out called Defining Powerhouse Fruits and Vegetables, a Nutrient Density Approach. And let me tell you, Food lists that you find on the interwebs are usually more marketing hype than factual content. But when the CDC develops a new classification scheme and ranks vegetables and fruits by their nutrient density, it's the real deal. By the way, when you hear superfood, and, and a lot of people don't like that, especially in the so-called evidence-based world, they're like, oh, what's a superfood? That doesn't mean anything. All a superfood is, is a nutrient-dense food. It's just a cool way of saying nutrient-dense, right? Because nutrient-dense foods, it just sounds too nerdy, all right? So we're going to use superfoods and nutrient-dense foods interchangeably in this episode. The CDC has chosen to use the term powerhouse but again, it all comes back to the idea of nutrient density. And in case you've never heard that term before, nutrient density is the ratio of nutrients like vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, etc., to calorie content. So if a food is high in nutrients but low in calories, 
that food is said to be nutrient-dense. The best part of nutrient-dense foods is that they're a powerful nutrition punch for a low amount of calories. Anyway, let's go back to that CDC research. Their study developed a classification scheme defining powerhouse fruits and vegetables as foods providing, on average, 10% or more daily value per 100 calories of 17 qualifying nutrients. And if you, I'm not going to name them all, but if you'd like to read this article, you can find it at legendarylifepodcast.com slash kale. Again, that's legendarylifepodcast.com slash kale, because you're going to want to see the charts of vegetables as well as the recipes I'm going to give you in this post. So let's get back to those 17 qualifying nutrients. Now, why, why should you know that? Why is that important? Well, these 17 nutrients are the most strongly associated with reduced chronic disease risk based on research. So it isn't some hippie hipster guy who loves to hug trees and happens to you know, love a particular vegetable, there's actually research to back this up. So if you want to improve your health and prevent chronic disease, you should stop everything that you're doing right now and pay full attention to this episode or go read it on my website. And even share this episode with your friends and family that want to optimize their nutrition to live a long and healthy life. Here's the truth. I know I've talked a lot about calories and macronutrients and fats, proteins, carbs, etc. But what you eat matters. The quality of what you eat matters. And eating the right foods can help ward off disease, improve your health and longevity. It's backed by science. And I want to ask you, is that what you're looking for? Because that's what I'm really interested in. Yeah, I love working out and muscles and low body fat percentage and of course, that brings along with it some health benefits as well, actually, a lot of health benefits. But what we choose to eat also matters a lot. So if you take a look at the chart, the CDC studied 47 fruits and vegetables. And out of the 47 they studied, only 41, or actually most of them, made it to the powerhouse status. And I think you would be surprised to see where, for instance, kale came in. Is it number one, two, three, or four, five? No, it came in at number 15. So let's take a deeper dive into the top three leafy greens that researchers say pack a greater nutritional wallop. Number one is watercress, and it got a nutrition score of 100, the highest out of all the fruits and vegetables that they studied. Gram for gram, this mild tasting and flowery looking green contains four times more beta carotene than an apple and a whopping 238% of your daily recommended dose of vitamin K for every 100 grams. Two compounds that keep skin dewy and youthful. And as you might know, vitamin K is something that people don't get enough of. This powerhouse food is also the richest dietary source of phenylethylisothiocyanate. Say that 15 times fast, which research suggests can fight cancer. And here's a pro tip for you. 
Exposure to heat may inactivate the phenylethyl isothiocyanate. So it's best to enjoy watercress in raw salads, cold-pressed juices, and sandwiches. And if you'd like to try a killer watercress salad recipe that's amazingly tasty and something that I make probably every week, as long as there's a watercress available, go to this article at legendarylivepodcast.com slash kale and get the recipe for it because it is delicious. And watercress actually has a very bitter flavor, but if you combine it with the right things, it can be very tasty. So powerhouse food number two is Chinese cabbage, also known as Napa cabbage. And it comes in with an, in second place with the nutrition score 91.99. So it takes the silver medal in the powerhouse food Olympics, if you will. And cabbage is very powerful. It was originally valued by ancient Romans and Greeks as a medicinal plant for use with a variety of ailments, including gout, headaches, and ingestion of poisonous mushrooms, which is apparently a thing because I got that from a reference. Modern nutritional science understands that its power comes from its high sulfur and vitamin C content. Either way, it's worth adding to your weekly diet. And here's a pro tip. If you want healthy, youthful skin and a powerful immune system and some cancer-fighting benefits to boot, then don't forget to add this highly nutritious vegetable to your diet. And this is something I eat every single week in my stir fries. And if you'd like a recipe of uh, Chinese cabbage stir fry, again, go to this article on the website, legendarylightpodcast.com slash kale, and you can find it. Powerhouse vegetable number three, chard, comes in at third place with a nutrition score of 89.27. And I got to tell you, some foods get no love. Whether it's because they have odd names or you just don't know where to find them in the supermarket, certain delicious foods always get passed over for less nutritious fare. That's chard. And like other leafy greens, chard is loaded with vitamin K. Chard also has carotenoids like lutein and zeaxanthin, which can protect the health of your eyes. Recent research has also shown that these powerhouse leaves contain at least 13 different polyphenol antioxidants, including anthocyanins. These are anti-inflammatory compounds that could help you with a bunch of different diseases because we now know that chronic low-grade inflammation or even high levels of inflammation are part of so many diseases, including heart disease and cancer. Here's a tip for you. It can be eaten raw in salads or cooked. You can even put it on lasagna if you're having a hard time getting your veggies in and changing your diet. Just try not to boil it though, as this cooking method will reduce the nutrients. And if you'd like a charred soup recipe, then go to this post and you can get it. And yeah, I just said boiling will reduce the nutrients, but if you drink the broth of the soup, then you're all good. So I wanted to share another one. Now, this one is, I guess you could say my favorite. It's the one that I eat the most and it comes in at number five. It's powerhouse food number five and it's spinach. And it has a nutrition score of 86.43. 
And according to the United States Department of Agriculture, a 180-gram serving of boiled spinach provides 6.43 milligrams of iron. That's more iron than a six-ounce hamburger patty. So if you're a plant-based eater, if you don't eat meat, then this is a good way to get enough iron. There's also some interesting research on a component of spinach called thylakoids. And there's some research that shows that thylakoids may serve as a powerful appetite suppressant. In fact, you can get, although you could just go ahead and eat the spinach, there are some thylakoid powders, some spinach extract powders is what they're called, that may work as powerful appetite suppressant. And uh, sometimes I get a sweet tooth. I haven't had a chance to even try this yet, but I will try it and get back to you. But you could also try it out too. Very low risk and it's inexpensive. Another thing about spinach is uh, that one can of the green stuff and Popeye the sailor man turned into a muscle popping tornado of energy. He knew that spinach contained more nutrients per calorie than most foods on earth. And maybe it was all the Popeye cartoons that I watched as a kid because spinach is one of my favorite superfoods that I eat weekly. I add spinach in my breakfast protein shakes or with my scrambled eggs. I also make spinach salads regularly as well. And here's a pro tip. So you can do like me and you can add spinach to your breakfast or switch your morning coffee for a green juice with spinach in it. If you have that problem where you tend to get those cravings around lunchtime or or slightly after breakfast, because again, that research on thylakoids, in fact, they were done on overweight women and they significantly helped these women curb their appetite for snacks and sweets. And if you have fewer cravings, you'll be inclined to eat less, which will lead to weight loss if you do the other right things, right? And if you're working out with weights and getting your steps in. And remember, overeating is what causes us to gain weight and put on fat in the first place. And by the way, if you can afford it, choose organic spinach. Non-organic spinach is on the list of top foods with lots of chemical pesticides. In fact, the Environmental Working Group looked into the, the pesticide levels of certain foods and found spinach to come in at second place right under strawberries as food that has the most pesticides. And while it's still unclear to what extent pesticides pose a risk to our health, I prefer to err on the side of caution when I can. And I urge you to do the same. And if you'd like a breakfast recipe with spinach, I got you covered. They're both on this, because I give you two, they're both on this article. So go to the website and check it out. And you might be thinking about why you haven't heard about all these other superfoods that I've been talking about and why you were just focusing on adding kale to your diet and eating it every day, which by the way, is not a great idea. And the reason is that is because that's what you've been seeing in the media and If you read nutrition blogs, your average nutrition blogger isn't much better. And that's why I do this show, because this is the type of information I wanted. I wanted to know why I should do things. I didn't just want to buy into the hype and be another sucker like so many people out there. I wanted to get past the confusion. I wanted to understand the why. And I wanted to know the evidence. And let me tell you, to illustrate my point, 
I've compared the social media popularity of the top two of the CDC's powerhouse foods, watercress and Chinese cabbage. Only 58,000 posts about watercress, which has quite a bit more nutrients and taste for that matter than kale when you compare it calorie for calorie. And only a measly 10,676 posts about Chinese cabbage, which came in second. And if you compare that to the 2 million that kale had, it's like, what's going on there? And I got to tell you, if kale were at the nutrient density Olympics, it wouldn't even leave with a medal based on the CDC research because it came in at 15th place. Our gold medalist, Watercress, has a nutrient density score of 100. Our silver medalist, Chinese Cabbage, had a score of 91.99. And kale, which came in at, again, 15th, has a nutrient density score of 49.07. So it seems like kale has won the popularity contest, but it doesn't quite have the nutritional power of the top powerhouse vegetables. And by the way, this doesn't mean that kale isn't a good choice. It still is, as we'll see in a second. But there are many other nutritious vegetables. They just don't have as much popularity or social media love. And hopefully the point I made was clear about the research in kale, because I do posts like this, episodes like this, to help you get past the hype and confusion that most people have about health and fitness so you can make better decisions about what you eat and how you work out. So let's get into some practical things on what you should actually eat. As you try to eat healthier to live a longer and better life, remember to add a variety of fruits and vegetables to your day however you can. So here are some takeaways for you. So again, one is kale is still good, so eat it. Kale still packs a powerful nutritional punch, so keep eating it. Number two is eat more powerhouse vegetables. Stop falling for sexy marketing campaigns that promote one vegetable to the exclusion of all others. Instead, make sure you eat a wide variety of vegetables on and even off the powerhouse list. And again, if you want to see the powerhouse list in all 41 vegetables, go to this post on my website, legendarylifepodcast.com slash kale, and you can check them all out yourself. So having an idea of how many calories are in a cup serving will also help you understand how many nutrients you're getting. So read your food labels. For example, Swiss chard, which comes in at number three on our powerhouse foods list, has 34 calories per cup serving when it's cooked, while kale comes in at 36 calories per cup when it's cooked. So Swiss chard should be like the biggest known superfood vegetable, but it's not. Kale is. So start adding Swiss chard in particular because it's so easy to get as many calories per serving as you can with kale. Okay. And you should be aiming for a minimum of five servings of fruits and vegetables daily. And personally, I try to get over 10, I try to get at least 10 every day. Number three is fill up on low-calorie powerhouse foods. One of the benefits of foods like watercress, Chinese cabbage, Swiss chard, and yes, kale, is that they have such low calories per a cup that they are the perfect food to fill up on. So if you're hungry after eating a meal and you have the urge to eat 
a second helping, have another serving of these low-calorie vegetables because they're ideal for filling you up without filling out your waistline. And again, remember the thylakoids in spinach may have a special unique benefit to reduce hunger and craving. So if that's an issue for you, then that's a reason why you should have more spinach. And these are the discussions that I like to have with my clients, my one-on-one clients and my clients in the Legendary Lean Coaching Group. Because to lose weight, you don't necessarily need to eat less food. You need to eat smarter. But I know that isn't as appetizing to think about you know, having another serving of sautéed spinach or kale salad, at least when compared to something like ice cream or key lime pie, which are two of my favorites. But if you're after a leaner, healthier body, that's the decision to make and your body and your future self will thank you for it. So just to conclude, now you know that certain foods are nutritional powerhouses and there is a scientific rationale to superfoods. Some particular foods are loaded with vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals that will help your body to reduce inflammation, fight cancer, boost immunity, and help you live the type of lifestyle that you want. But too often we fall prey to clickbait nutrition articles promising us that there's one single food with magical properties that will reverse aging and ward off disease. The reality is a bit more complex. While there are foods that have specific nutrients that may help you with a specific condition, in general, you want to eat a wide variety of foods. That way you'll avoid loading up on one nutrient and getting deficiencies of others. So that concludes our episode for today. I hope you learned a lot and I hope you understand the information that's out there regarding certain foods and the claims about those foods, especially the so-called superfoods. Now you can make a better, more informed decision on what you should eat and why. So again, that's going to wrap up today's episode. I, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to do a lot of episodes talking about the specific benefits of certain foods and why you would want to eat them so you can make a better informed choice about what you choose to put on your plate. All right, my friends, that is it for this episode. And I just want to remind you one more time, if you're looking to build muscle, my muscle building course, which actually goes into everything that you should eat as well as the types of things that you should do. So if you want to learn more about the vegetables, the types of vegetables I recommend, and these types of vegetables, that's in the course. The types of protein you should eat. And of course, the muscle building workout, that flash sale is coming up in a week from today. That's right next Monday. And you will be able to find everything at legendarylifepodcast.com slash store. Have an amazing week and I'll speak to you soon.